Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. All right, guys, we're ready to get underway for the webinar today. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this after you watched it and you're wondering like, hey, I didn't hear rain and thunder in the background before and things look a little bit different, uh, it's because we're actually re-recording this intro and start bit. So if you see it change partway through, um, not because any of the content was different, uh, it's just that we did not record the first little section of it. So we're just re-recording that. The rest of it though was recorded live. So yeah, listen through. So we're ready to get started. Um, Thank you for joining us today. Many of you listening will be clients of ours already, or you'll be listeners to the podcast. Uh, hello, everybody. And yeah. uh, you'll also be uh, some people who don't know us at all. So, yeah, it's, it's really weird times for everyone. Um, I know I'm speaking to all of my clients, uh, many people who own businesses and, um, and friends and family. And yeah, everyone has a bit of a different... Um, perspective on this and is being affected in different ways. But what we were really hoping to do, what we live by at Cats Accountants is to support, teach and grow. That's right. That's our purpose. That's why we have a podcast, The Two Drunk Accountants. Um, we really just want to share knowledge. We want to help people and we want to help grow our clients and our community. So, yeah. this is a good um, opportunity for us to um, give you a bit of information on things that can help you in this really difficult time. Uh, there's been a government stimulus announced and I think also uh, we'll dive into right at the beginning as well what you can focus on to uh, help your business get through this time because um, yeah it's, it's scary it's, it's unprecedented it is unprecedented so let's let's just jump in So, as we said, we do have a podcast. If you are a podcast listener, you're probably more used to listening to this. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up and all the advice you <laughs> hear right? in this podcast even is saying general this. in nature. If you want something more specific, <laughs> then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Dr but today <laughs> is a live webinar for everybody. So, um, we will be releasing this as an episode of the podcast later in the week. So, make sure if you want to hear it again um, or if you want to share it to people, that will be one place to find it. But we'll also be releasing the video that you can share around as well. So, yeah. Apologies. Yeah. We do. Obviously, we're working off a PowerPoint slide in the webinar. So, um, if there are some things that are visual that we refer to that might not make too much sense to you on the podcast, well, apologies. But a lot of it, hopefully, we're descriptive enough yeah. in, uh, in our discussion that you'll pick up what we're talking about. But yeah, we'd love it if you could subscribe and follow us. It's a great place where you can get a lot of resources, especially in this time. Um, we're hoping to keep things positive and mm. fun and informative. Uh, here was a cool meme that we uh, really liked. <laughs> yeah. So, this is one of those things that as a podcast listener, you might not be looking at, but let's just describe it. It's a scene <laughs> from Scooby-Doo. Uh, they say, let's see who's really behind COVID-19. They pull off the mask and it's Zoom. <laughs> it's Zoom. <laughs> it's Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I, li I like that. I mm. think it's, uh, it's very relatable since we're all doing Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. That's how we're doing the webinar. That is how we're doing the webinar. Thanks, yeah, Zoom. so um, I think it is like a good thing to try and be positive and keep focused right now. Um, there is a lot of distressing things, but um, if you can be focused uh, and proactive right now, then you'll have so much more chance of getting through the other end of coronavirus. Yeah. So, uh, because there will be another end. Yeah, that's right. We spoke to, to Jeremy Thorpe, who is a chief economist at, at PwC um, earlier in the week on the podcast, and he was telling us about how all these government incentives are really about building a bridge to post-COVID life. So it's that's really kind of the focus of this slide here. We're going to be talking about, um, yeah, some positive things, some actions that you can take, proactive actions you can take now um, to help minimize any risk of, of moving your way through this and creating that bridge to get you from now to then. Yeah, so these are just some ideas, but um, we'll, we will also do a, a podcast and dive deeper into this. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, number one priority has to be protecting your key assets. So, these are the things which uh, once there's a vaccine or once coronavirus is not a health concern anymore, um, you will need to get your business back up and running uh, to be business as usual. So, 
have a think about what are the key assets that I need to protect. This could be equipment. This could be key staff. This could be a lease even or some licenses that you mm. hold. So those are the things um, that you might be saying, if everything hits the fan, then I need to protect those at very worst. Um, that will lead through to doing some budgeting and planning. So you can probably think about some scenarios. Um, keeping in mind what you want to come out with yeah, at the right. end of the coronavirus. It, it would be looking at issue. you know best case, worst case, middle case scenarios. You know, what if 50% of my clients stop, my client work stops? What if 10%? What if 100%? And what does it look like in each scenario? And what are the needs for each scenario? So yeah. you can plan ahead now for when these things happen, um, you're able to implement the actions you've already set out to get there. So carrying on from that, you can do a bit of a cash flow plan. What have you got in, and as cash right now? What mm -hmm. can you add to cash, say with loans or government support? Um, you can reduce unnecessary expenditure. You can talk to your key suppliers to try and negotiate better terms or longer payment terms or even a discount. And, um, and definitely be speaking to your debtors. Mm. So this is going to, you, cash flow may slow down. Yeah, um, a, a, lot of, a lot of your debtors are going to be struggling businesses as well. So they might not be prioritizing um, paying you if it's, mm. if it's something they don't need. So if, if you're not a key supplier of theirs, you might be at the bottom of the pile. So talk to them. Um, if they can't pay you now, then maybe set out payment terms, payment arrangements. They can pay it off over time. At least you're getting some cash in. Yeah, or you could even possibly offer discounts for, for fast payment. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is seek professional advice as soon as you can, um, the sooner the better. So if you're going through these things and you're not really sure what you're doing or you want some help, it's a great time to ask a question now mm -hmm. while you've still got control of things. So as much as possible. Um, and then the other thing, which is what we're going to run through most of the webinar today is all of the business loan and government support things that have been announced yeah. over the last few weeks. So we're going to go through a bunch of these. Here's a little bit of an, an agenda for you. So it's, it's definitely worth sticking around to the very end because our discussion about the small business loans, the state government incentives and, and the services um, Australia uh, incentives that are out there are really worth knowing about. Um, so I know there's a lot of content to go through, but bear with us. We'll try and make it as uh, informative and um, not too hard to understand as we go along. Cool. All right. Let's get started, Dan. Let's get started. Cash flow boost. Cash flow boost. What is it? So, yeah, this, this is the main thing that everyone has been hearing about and talking about. You know, they, they hear, how do I get my $20,000? Because I heard that's what I'm going to be given. Um, so there's a lot of confusion around it. So we thought we'd just to start with, what is it? It's 100% a relief of 100% of your tax withheld from your wages between the 1st of January 2020 to the 30th of June 2020. So tax withheld is what you're withholding from your employees' gross wages yep. each week when you pay them. Yep. So it's gross pay minus tax withheld equals net pay. Yep. That's right. So normally that'd be included in your BAS. Um, you pay that to the ATO each quarter or month. And for this six-month period, you won't have to pay any of that up to a limit of 50,000, which we'll get into um, soon. So that's the first round. Um, the second round happens between, um, they call it June and September, but really the payments will be July and to October. Um, but whatever you received in the first round, you will receive in the second, assuming you're still eligible. Um, so that basically just means that regardless of, as long as you still are operating and paying wages, regardless of how much you're paying or withholding in that second period, um, whatever you received in the first is what you receive as a credit in the second. So a little bit more information about it. It's actually not a cash payment to you necessarily in every case. Um, most of the time, it's just going to mean you don't need to pay that money to the ATO that you would have had to. So we're going to go through some specific examples later. But just so people know right off the bat, um, generally, it's just going to be less bads to pay. Yeah, exactly. There will be specific industries that will get refunds. Yep. Um, so more of like people that don't charge GST with their sales. Yeah. So the health health industry, mm -hmm. they will start getting refunds instead of if they've been holding tax, maybe they're getting very close to nothing payable yep. or a small payable. So, um, but even the very fact that you wouldn't have to pay your BAS, that's what the ATO and the government are hoping is the cash flow boost yeah. that you need. So, so. Th the cash is in your bank already. So that's, that is the cash flow that you're getting. 
Mm. Um, so who's eligible? Any entity structure, um, that includes not-for-profits. Um, and sole traders. And sole traders and partnerships mm. who are paying wages to employees. So not payments to yourself as a sole trader or a partnership, um, but in every other entity um, who are paying wages to in different employees um, who have an ABN before the 12th of March, 2020, who have aggregated turnover of less than 50 million and who have paid wages in the past, regardless of whether or not you've had to withhold tax. So for instance, if you paid someone wages of $10,000 for a whole year, you don't need to withhold tax from that, but it still is a withholdable payment. Yep. So that's that's the main thing there. That even includes contractors who you might be withholding tax for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you should definitely look into your scenario. Mm. But um, yeah, a few things about that that Dan just said was mm -hmm. uh, aggregate turnover. That's if you have a group of yeah. entities with sales, has to be less than 50 million mm -hmm. uh, amongst the group when you aggregate that up. Yep. And then the ABN thing. So that's all about... Uh, unfortunately, they're not offering that to new businesses. They're yeah. only offering that to existing businesses and employers, um, which would be to cut down on people rotting the system, yeah. basically. And there's, there's some more to it as well. You kind of just had an ABN. Um, uh, you know, the fourth point there is you had to have actually been paying wages, um, but you had to have either lodged your 2019 tax return and there be income in other business income in your tax return. It's a label in your tax return. Um, or... Um, you had to have lodged bazes with taxable suppliers of, of, of things in the past um, between the 1st of July 2018 and this 12th of um, March. 12th of March 2020. Yeah. yeah. So you had to have been lodging bazes um, with income in it and or, sorry, or um, having lodged a 2019 tax return. Yep. So th that's how you are eligible for it. Yeah. So basically, if you've been in business, then you should be eligible. Yep. But uh, unfortunately, not new businesses. So, first of all, we've got an example here which is around quarterly lodgements because there is a different treatment for quarterly BAS lodgers versus monthly BAS lodgers. Yeah. Now, there is a, we've used an example in the quarterly BAS lodgements where there's someone who's trading below the minimum credit that they will be able to receive from the bonus um, and there's someone who is trading just above that. Yeah. So, You'll be able to see what happens if you're below the minimum um, and when you're on a quarterly lodgement. So, we're looking at the March 20 BAS here, which is the one that uh, we're recording this on the, the 25th of March. So, this is the BAS that will be due for lodgement over the next uh, few weeks and, and month. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got old McDonald's tutoring versus wave physio <laughs> as our examples. Now, old McDonald's tutoring, he um, has only withheld in the March quarter $5,000 of tax from his wages. Yep, that's right. So his total BAS included GST amount of $10,000 payable, pay, uh, tax withheld from wages of $5,000, and his total BAS payable was $15,000. So he, we have said already 100% of tax withheld will be credited to you, right? But he's below the minimum of $10,000 per round, $20,000 in total. So as a matter of fact, old McDonald's tutoring, even though he's withheld $5,000, he's going to get a credit applied at the end of April, of $10,000 to his ATO account, his BAS account with ATO. Yeah, that's right. So, the thing to remember, and we'll go through a second example later on, is that that minimum applies across the whole six months. So, although he didn't meet the minimum now, if he doesn't go above that threshold in total in the next one, he won't get anything more. So, we'll get into that. But There's another, yep. Essentially, this is someone who will really benefit from it because instead of just having, you know, the $10,000 GST to pay, he actually needs to pay five for this for this particular quarter because yeah. it's $15,000 less the $10,000 credit that's going to be applied against his bats. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, Wave Example Physio. Yeah. yeah. So, same deal with Wave Physio. We left the GST the same. So, $10,000 of GST. But in this example, there's $15,000 of tax withheld on wages. Mm. Um, so, that's above the minimum amount of, of $10,000 for round one. So, actually, what's going to happen here is 100% of the tax withheld is going to be credited to uh, Wave Physio's BAS account yep. on the 28th of April uh, or the end of April, the, mm -hmm. due, the due date for the March lodgement. So their BAS payable would have ordinarily been $25,000. Minus the credit of 15, they're only going to owe 10 to yeah. the ATO. That's right. So the, the extra cash flow boost for that employer of Wave Physio is going to be the extra $15,000 that they don't then need to pay to the ATO that they would have normally had to. Yep. So yeah, it's a pretty good incentive really. Um, yep. Not incentive, but a pretty good um, scheme. 
Yeah, especially because over January and February, hmm. you would have technically been putting aside that tax withheld yeah. to pay in this Baz. So, That's right. hopefully there's some cash you've got set aside for this Baz that you can now use to keep your business continuing. So, as we said, that's the March quarter lodgement. So, there's then going to be a June quarter lodgement. So, this is all still within that first round that we discussed. So, for Old McDonald's tutoring, so they have another GST payable of 7000 This time, they only withheld $3,000 from wages. They had some less wages, which is a total BAS payable of ten. So, in this instance, across the entire six-month period, both March and June added together, there was 5000 in March, 3000 in June, of tax, 8, of tax withheld, 8000 in total, which means they still haven't hit that minimum. So, they've received the total amount that they're going to get, which was the $10,000 in March. They'll get no more credits in, um, in June. They'll still yeah. have to just pay that $10,000 Baz. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, unfortunate, but they've gotten more credit yeah. than the 100% anyway. Yeah. So, so you they only, still be happy in that scenario. Yeah. They only withheld eight in total for the total six months, but they got 10 credited to them. So and there is more to come in yeah. round two for old McDonald's tutoring. That's right. So well. we'll get to that one soon. But moving over to, to Wave Physio, in, in the June quarter for them, um, GST was the same. The POYG withholding was the same, still at 15. So they had a total withholding of 30,000 for the period. They're going to get another 15,000 that they withheld for this quarter for a total of 30 because they met the minimum, they abo they're above that amount, but they're less than the maximum. Yep. So that's between... Uh, 10 and 50 for the round for round one. Yep. So they withheld more than 10. They're going to get all of it back. They withheld less than 50. So they'll still get all of it back. So yeah. 15 in the first quarter, 15 in the second, 30 in total. Yeah, it means their Baz payable in quarter in the March quarter was going to be 10. Yeah, and the Baz payable for the June quarter is also 10. It's equal yep. to the amount of the GST. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to um, our other examples, which are the monthly lodgements. Yep. And we've got here an example of someone who's going to exceed the maximum of $50,000 in round one. So, yeah. there's Tim struggling accounting and there's Dan's high roller accounting. Yeah, accurate. Accurate. Is it? Yeah, very accurate. But I don't know. I don't know if you're quite a roller with an A. I'm a roller with an A. Um, people, people say I'm gangster. Yeah, okay. People, gangster accountant. But <laughs> in this example, the reason why we've split, this is still round one. The reason why we've split monthly and quarterly is because they're going to be treated differently. Because... The first lodgement that everyone is doing for this stimulus package is March. Whereas, so, so if you're a, a quarterly lodger, that includes your wages and tax withheld for January, February, and March for all three months put together. But your first lodgement for a monthly lodger is just the month of March. So there's less. You, you don't get the benefit of having January and February as well. So what they've allowed is in this first lodgement, which will be in March, um, your March BAS or IAS. Um, it's going to be three times or 300% of your PAYG withheld. So, the tax withheld from your wages to compensate you for the two other months you wouldn't have got. So, yep. that would mean that there's three months for you and there's three months for the quarterly. So, if you have a five-week payroll month in March... Or it'll work in your benefit, yeah. It'll work in your favor, yeah. But, um, mm. but yeah, so like Dan said there, uh, in this example, we've got Tim struggling accounting. Um, I've withheld $5,000 uh, of tax from my employee's wage payments in March, the month of March. So, we're going to multiply that by three to figure out what credit I get back in my BAS. Um, so, this is going to work out quite well for me because I've got $7,000 of GST, $5,000 of tax withheld from wages, total BAS payable of 12. But because hopefully I've already paid January and February IASs and I'm now getting credited for those, I'm going to actually end up with a refund here of $3,000 because I'm getting a credit of 15 which is over and above my BAS payable of 12. Yeah, that's right. So then what happens for the rest of the periods would be um, Tim's struggling accounting firm would be adding, um, uh, sorry, April, May, and June lodgements. So each month they'd be lodging and they'd get the full credit just for that one month. Yep. So it's only 300% of the first month. Yep. Every month after that, between April and June, is just 100% of the withholding. Cool. Yeah. So, hey. if there was five grand withheld in April, you'd get a five grand credit in April. So, on the other, other side of the ledger, we've got Dan's high roller gangster accounting. Yeah, that's right. So, the kind of baller that Dan is, he's, <laughs> he's got some really serious uh, tax withheld there for that one month. So, 17 grand. Yeah. So, in the same 
reasoning, there are monthly lodgements. You've got to times it by three to figure out what the credit is going to be. But three times 17 is greater than the maximum of 50,000. Yep. So that means that my credit is capped at that 50. So mm -hmm. instead of going to 51, which it would have been, I only get 50. Mm -hmm. So that also means in April, May, and June, I don't receive any further credits in round one because I've already reached my maximum in that first month. Yeah, there's no further credits coming in round one, but there will be in round two, which yeah. is our next slide. So in that example, Dan's high roller accounting owed a baz of 37,000. There's GST of 20. Yep. Tax withheld of 17. Got a refund of 13. Refund, refund yeah. So he, and the credit was 50 grand. So yeah. he got a refund. Yeah. actually, he has received some cash flow. Yep. Which is great. Um, so round two. Uh, this is the this little trickier part to wrap your head around because no longer does round two revolve around your actual BAS lodgements. <laughs> yeah. You do need to lodge the BAS to receive them, but it's not based on the actual figures contained in that BAS. It's actually just equal to whatever you received for the entire of round one. Yep. So, um, the example of Dan's high roller accounting firm, um, which is the second example there, um, in round one, we received the total 50 thousand dollar benefit in round two because i lodged monthly i'm going to get four equal installments of that fifty thousand again so it would be twelve and a half the first month twelve and a half the second third and fourth total of fifty which means my entire benefit is a hundred thousand yeah uh, wave physio on the other hand lodges quarterly so instead of four installments they're going to get two installments one after they lodge the june baz and one after they lodge the september baz yep. so in july and in october of half of what they received in total. So they received the total benefit of 30, they'll receive 15 in July and then 15 in October. Now this does require them to still be lodging bazes, but it's not based on the actual figures that are in that baz. Yeah, exactly. So that is a little tricky to wrap your head around, but yeah. um, that's why it's it's important to differentiate between round one and round two. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll move on through to a summary. So the minimum benefit you can receive is $20,000 over the next seven months if mm -hmm. you are eligible for this incentive. And, uh, and so, yeah, essentially, if you've been paying wages, even if it's to yourself from a company, yep. then um, you should be able to access the $20,000 as a credit yep. against your BAS account. 10000 in round one, 10000 in round two. So whatever you received. And then the maximum benefit is 100, which is the example of Dan's high roller. Mm. It was 50 to the maximum in the first round. Again, you get 50 in the second because that's what you received in the first. Yeah. So yeah, minimum 20. Everyone will get at least 20,000. So if you've been withholding only two th like $2,000 of withholding tax um, over that entire six-month period because you've just got a lot of casuals and they don't own much and, and whatever the reason is, uh, that would mean that you're actually um, going to benefit quite a lot from this because yeah. you may only have withheld... $4,000 uh, over this period, but you're receiving $20,000 credit. So that's going to really help the really small ones. Uh, and the $100,000 benefit basically just means that extra cash flow that would have had to happen for those bigger businesses um, doesn't need to happen and they can keep that in their bank account to, to fund themselves. Yeah. Spot on. What's not allowed, Dan? Yeah. So what's not allowed? Um, oh, actually, one point we will make and we did mention it before, it is only refundable to you if your credit is greater than your payable. So your current month's GST or if you have a, a debt owing to them, it's just going to credit off against those things. So if that doesn't go into um, negative, <laughs> then you won't get a refund. You're yeah. just going to lower your debt, which is a good thing too. Yeah. So yeah, so what's not allowed? So unfortunately, sole traders, partnerships and trusts who distribute profit to their owners, sole trader is themselves anyway, um, but you don't pay yourself a wage normally. It's trusts might. So if you're a trust that pays an actual wage and withholds tax and reports that, then you're counted. But if you're just doing trust distributions, if you're a partnership that just distributes profit because you can't pay yourself a wage and the same as sole trader, you're not included in this. These aren't wages. They're not reported at W1 and W2 on your, on your BASs and IISs. Unfortunately, Centrelink or some of the other loan options and super options that we discuss in future tabs there um, will be the options for you. Yeah. So, that was something we were hoping might be different. Um, I know that would benefit a lot of people if they could start paying themselves wages and um, benefit from the 100% tax withheld credit that they'll receive. But um, yeah, it's, it just seems like it's not to be. And you can definitely count on the ATO noticing a change in your 
um, habits there. So, mm. um, although it does seem like a really good scheme to do, it's not because our next point here <laughs> is schemes. schemes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the ATO will be assessing whether or not you're eligible. And if they found that you have been conducting some scheme, the actual wording in the legislation, because we read it, um, but also because I'm a nerd and have also been um, now put on the ATO's website is that if you, are, um, if you or a representative have entered in or carried out some type of scheme for the sole purpose or dominant purpose of becoming eligible for the cash flow or for increasing it above what you normally would have received, then that is considered a scheme and you will be denied the benefit. Yeah. Or you would have received it in a year's time, they're going to figure it out and you're going to have to pay it back with penalties and interest, which is going to be much worse for you. So I haven't read it. Could be criminal criminal yeah. charges for people who are doing that or trying to yeah. rule at the system. So, so these things could be yeah, withholding yeah. more than normal, unusual wage payments that no, aren't normally there. Yeah. Um, there are some gray areas, and but it's just always best to seek approval yeah. from the ATO and ask them, hey, is this the kind of thing that, I am allowed to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, a good example is a company normally pays themselves a dividend at the end of the year. What about if they were choosing to do a bonus this year? It's not for the ATO to know whether that's what they were going to intend to pay themselves. Mm. Uh, a bonus with tax withheld. That's something that I would definitely be seeking to get some guidance from the ATO on. Yeah. And so, you can seek to... Uh, lodge a private ruling and find out more from them as to whether or not that's something they'll accept. Yeah, that's because right. you'd rather find out now than later. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Mm. All right, let's move on to the uh, the next benefits. Uh, one other thing, which um, we do note later in the uh, first version of this recording, mm. but the um, benefits you receive to your Baz account they're all tax free. Yeah, and GST free, so you don't pay tax on what they're crediting to your. Basic credit account. account, yeah. Yeah, so you don't right. have to worry about paying tax on it or paying GST on it. Yeah, that's right. Great, good one, Tim. All right, let's move to the next uh, the next stimulus incentive. Instant asset write-off. Instant asset write-off. So there's a lot of discussion about and You can go check the questions if you want as well, Tim, and I can read off here. So um, the instant asset write-off is something that's been around for a number of years. It's been extended almost every year for a while and, it, and it's been increased over that time. But basically what it is, is that if you buy an asset that would normally be depreciated over a, a period of time, let's say you bought a vehicle and that gets depreciated over five, 10 years, something like that, um, you get a little bit of depreciation each time. However, um, if you buy it now and it's less than a particular amount, you'd get the entire deduction for that asset as an immediate tax write-off. So it's accelerating what you'd normally usually get anyway but just allowing you to get it now and a tax advantage in this year instead of over a number of years. So at the moment, or up until recently, that limit was $30,000. If you bought any asset worth $30,000 and you were a small business, then you could immediately write that off. What they've done is they've increased this to $150,000. Um, so there is criteria. So the entity must have the turnover of less than $500 million. So they've upped this. It was fifty. Um, they've moved it to 500. So there's a much bigger entities can now get the immediate write-off for any asset purchased um, under $150,000. The asset must be purchased, installed, and ready to use. Tim just oh, clicked the wrong thing. Ready to use between the 12th of March and the 30th of June. So you actually have to have bought the asset, received the asset, and have it installed ready to go. Uh, it applies to both new and second-hand assets. Um, but there's still some things to note. There's the usual exclusions. So Capital Works isn't part of this. Um, software development pools aren't part of this. And also there's a cap on vehicle depreciation that's always been there. So if you buy a vehicle more than $57,581, you could only depreciate up to that limit. Even if the car costs 90000 you bought a Tesla for hundred grand, um, you could only depreciate $57,581. It's also a limit on GST too, so just a note. Um, so that limit still applies. So even though you can immediately write off anything under one hundred and fifty, dollars um, if it's a car, it's still only $57,581. So that's, that's that. And if you've got more questions, let me know. But there's also another depreciation bit. 
Yeah, so there was another one which was uh, an accelerated depreciation, which was 50% immediate write-off of any new assets. And that's a key word, new assets, not used assets. So this is interesting because I think what the government is doing here is allowing themselves to potentially cease that immediate write-off at the end of June and then run with this new rule. Because you wouldn't, if you think about it, unless you're buying something that's more than $150,000, which is pretty rare for small business, um, you wouldn't be using this um, this rule. You'd be using the 100% write-off rule. So I think this is really only relevant uh, from the 1st of July this year. Mm. Uh, you can write off 50% of the asset and then depreciate the rest of it as per normal. It only applies to new assets and it doesn't apply to things like buildings or capital works, like fit-outs of shops. Yeah. Uh, any, any improvements. The same as the immediate write-off. Yeah, exactly. So... Those asset things are great. Hopefully, they will stimulate purchase and investment in yeah. business. I think the idea for that was to encourage, you know, as we're talking about that bridge to post-COVID, um, it was meant to be that people are buying assets and things that they might need to then kick back into gear once, once this whole period has been done with and, and we can all move on. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. That's the depreciation um, incentives that have been there. I'm unsure whether or not they will just extend the immediate write-off again. Who knows? My suspicion is that maybe this was the plan anyway to do the 50% write-off and make it much higher. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see see what happens. Cool. Yeah, so the, another one that you would have heard is the apprentice support payments. So essentially what this is is that if you're an employer who has apprentices, you have a trade and you have some apprentices or trainees, um, essentially, you can apply to have 50% of their wages reimbursed to you for a nine-month period. So, that nine-month period is the 1st of January to the 30th of September this year. Um, there's a maximum of $21,000 per apprentice, and it's going to be paid each quarter in $7,000 installments. Uh, you have to be a small business. Um, to begin with, you need fewer than 20 full-time employees, and you were training at the 1st of March 2020. So that's the ruling that we've seen. Um, but the assessments are actually going to be done through the Australian Apprentice Support Network provider, whichever ones you're using. Um, they're going to do the assessment. So if these criteria change, um, they're going to be the best people to speak to. It's not through the tax system. It's, it's assessments are done through them. But the good news is if you're a business of any size and you take on an apprentice who's lost their job during this time, um, this applies to you. So you can apply to any size business so long as you're t uh, picking up an apprentice who's been out of work because of what's going on. But it's a pretty good incentive. I mean, $21,000 per apprentice. I can't imagine apprentices earn that much anyway. So it's it's 50% of their wages is, is pretty good incentive. So that combined with the tax withheld um, can really help businesses push through this time and, and keep those younger staff members on and, and keep them going. So it's a good incentive. So other than some, some state incentives, this is the only one we've seen that actually replaces wages yeah. playing, paying to your staff. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a good one as well. Hmm. So yeah, so get in touch with uh, whoever your apprentice provider is and um, early April is when the assessments will start for that. They haven't given an exact date, but yeah, contact them. They're the people to go to. Cool. So, yeah. access to super is another one. Yeah, that's right. This there. is an interesting one as well. So, what they've announced is that you, depending on your circumstance and particular people, are going to have the ability to draw down on their super. $10,000 before 30th of June and then another $10,000 next financial year tax-free. Obviously, you've already paid tax on income in the super and in the super fund anyway, but the drawings don't have to be included in income. They don't affect other payments that you receive, so they're not included for income for, say, your new start payments or anything like that, which is good. Um, but essentially, what they've done is they've expanded who can do this. So normally, you'd only be able to draw down on super if you were, say, terminally ill or a few other criteria. But what they've said that in the next six months or so, um, if you're unemployed, currently eligible to receive another payment from Services Australia, um, or after the 1st of January 2020, you were made redundant, um, had your working hours reduced by 20%, or were a sole trader with a turnover, uh, and your turnover was impacted by more than 20%. I'm not sure how this is going to apply to partnerships and trusts, as I said there. 
I don't know whether sole trader is actually a word for self-employed, um, but yeah. we'll wait and see the, the details on that. Um, you can access this $10,000 payment. And so if you access it before June, you'll get $10,000 from your super fund if you and then you access it again afterwards and you can get another. So potentially $20,000 you could get to help you through this time to help pay for your mortgage, your rent, your food, your bills because your income has been impacted heavily. Yeah, or to keep the business trading. So yeah. this is an alternative to going and getting bank finance. Um, you could potentially draw on some super, super that you have yeah. set aside for later in life. So one of the big requirements as I put down there is you actually have to have super. <laughs> mm. So if you're a sole trader for a number of years and you haven't been paying your own super, it's unlikely you're going to have 20 grand sitting in there. Yeah. Um, but if you do, definitely do this. The way you go about it is you have to apply through MyGov um, through the website and it starts in mid-April again. So a lot of these incentives don't start till mid-April. Even the first payment for the cash flow boost isn't until the 28th of April. So mm. there's a lot of time between now and then um, but we just want everyone to be prepared so they know who to go to and how to start accessing it when they can. And it's probably mid-April because they need to design the system to yeah. <laughs> allow who to do it. Like we all saw Centrelink's website crashing at the beginning of the week. I, I think they're still struggling. Absolutely. So, um, we all might need to be patient with some of these things to see them roll out. Cool. So there's another super measure as well. And this is more affecting people who are retired and they have a super fund. Uh, there are minimum super drawdown rules, which mean you know, over time, if you're in a tax-free pension, you need to be reducing that. The government forces you to reduce that so you can't be tax-free for the rest of your life. Um, so they have reduced uh, the amount of the drawdown that you have to make by 50%. So it's, yeah. just, it's just saving uh, retired people uh, from needing to sell their assets at this time to keep their pension going. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So that's... Really um, quite niche, that one. So, we'll yeah. move through to other ATO help. The ATO is doing a lot of other things as well. So, I think um, it's a good time to uh, speak to them. If you are experiencing some difficulty, they will be quite lenient with you by the sounds of things at this time. So, mm. um, some things they're looking at doing is deferring your payment due dates. Also, that says to ease business cash flow. Is you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, deferring due dates. If you have income tax payable on the 15th of May, 2020, from the 2019 financial year, it looks like they're going to let you have an extra six months to pay that. So don't, I guess, don't stress about those ATO things just yet. Yeah. Um, also it's, with Bazers. It's always best to still lodge them though. Let, let, yep. I made that clear. So yep. um, preparing them and having them lodged is very important because yep. if you bury your head in the sand, it never works out well. The ATO are rarely willing to deal with people who just bury their head in the sand. Yep. So the idea is to still lodge everything by their due date, which is a requirement anyway, um, lodge them by the due date. And then if there is a payable, talk to the ATO at that point, and then they will give you a period where you might not have to pay it, extend the due date, extend the payment um, for six months. So just, yeah, make yeah. sure you're still looking at these things. You're still keeping on top of it. Don't just ignore all lodgements for the next six months because you'll be in a worse situation. Yeah. So, and I mean, if you're not lodging your bazers, you're not going to get any of that yeah. stimulus. So that's key more now than ever. Yeah. Lodge things on time. Um, and the ATO won't give you this, um, I guess, this help unless you go and speak to them. So... Uh, you can do that through your accountant or you can do that directly. They do have direct lines too and they're usually quite helpful. So another option for some people is to change the BAS lodgement cycle. So if you're lodging quarterly, you could lodge monthly and this will allow some to have a quicker cash flow boost from those measures we are talking about before with the tax withheld from wages. Um, so if it's something that's quite urgent for you, you could change to a monthly lodgement and you'll get... Um, a monthly benefit instead of a quarterly benefit. That's yeah. really all that's getting out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you can vary your pay-as-you-go installments. This is a great one, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you vary... So, for those of you who are running your own business, you will know that there are income tax installments. Um, even individuals have income tax installments. Uh, if you have income, say, from uh, a partnership distribution or a trust distribution, you individually will often have to pay income tax installments, which is essentially tax in advance of next year. It's, it's instead of tax being withheld from a wage, which you're not actually receiving, um, just paying that in advance so you don't have a huge lump sum at the end of the year. So normally, if you vary that down to nil and then you have a big payable, they can charge you interest and penalties for doing that. 
Um, and it's, it's pretty tight as well. I think it's like more than 20%. There's, there's a rule yeah. around it. Yeah. But what they're saying now is we're going to allow you to vary that to nil, um, which means you might even get credited for payments already paid in September and December. So if you say that I'm going to vary this, I'm going to, I'm going to owe no tax this year is what you declare on that BAS, they refund you what you've already paid. Yeah. So if you have paid... 10 grand in September, 10 grand in December, and you vary your March one to nil, you might get a 20 grand credit. So yep. this is a big thing. Um, and they're not going to charge interest and penalties. Yeah, that's an awesome one. So mm. if, you, if you are paying installments, even if it's personally, you could look at doing that. So this is where those sole traders, partnerships, people in trusts that haven't been paying wages, they could get a little bit of their cash back that they've yeah. already paid the ATO. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that when you go to lodge your tax, those installments are still going to be there ready to absorb any of it so if you still make a profit you still owe tax from this financial yeah year. and you'll still owe the full amount and it is what it is yeah but so essentially you're, you're borrowing some money now um against your future tax debt yeah but if we are all expecting things to go really badly for the next few months then you might not have any tax to pay anyway yeah which is probably why they're allowing you to do that hmm. and then uh there's a few more things so interest and penalties they will interestingly they use the word consider <laughs> on their website mm -hmm. uh, which was nice of them so they will consider remitting interest and penalties which have been charged after the 23rd of january 2020 um, so if you are getting charged interest that's a nice quick easy way of reducing your ato payable yeah by a little bit because the ato and this really relates to the next point, the ATO debt that you have is actually quite high interest. It's, 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 it's like, it's, it's like 8%. Yeah. It's like 8% or, yeah, or, like or above that. Um, it's, it's not cheap um, to have ATO debt. So having that interest remitted is actually going to save quite a bit of money if you have a big enough debt. Now, the other thing is um, the ATO will also consider offering low interest payment plans, but I do uh, want to hazard everyone from locking into a payment plan if they're uncertain about their cash flow over the next few months. Yeah, so, you're better off using the first point and discussing with the ATO about deferring some payments till your business is in a position to do it again. Because you can always, once you've caught up in the future, you could ask them to consider remitting the interest that they were charging you anyway during that time anyway. Yeah. So, prefer point one. Yeah. Now, the other one, this is kind of a joke, but... Uh, this is the most important point there is, Tim. <laughs> um, there's going to be a temporary shop front. In Cairns. In Cairns. So, yeah. that's... That's helpful. Um, one, it's helpful because obviously we can we can all not go to Cairns yeah. um, if you're living outside of Queensland. <laughs> it's like 20 hours away if you want to drive there. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't. The border's closed. Well, are they really going to be watching the whole border? I don't know. We don't know, Tim. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we thought that it was very prominent on their website. So, I thought that was weird. I'd like to get the ATO one to explain why, why, why that was a big deal. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Cool. So, moving on to the state government incentives. Yeah, this is different almost state to state. So, um, we obviously can't be across the specifics on every single state, but here's some idea about what some of them are doing. The big things are surrounding leases. So, the National Cabinet announcement is imminent. Um, I believe they met last night. They didn't quite figure out what their plan of attack was going to be or, or finalize it. So, I think over the next few days, we'll see something announced around rent um, and some relief measures, both for the person who is renting and for the landlord. So, um, keep your eyes peeled for that one. It sounds like maybe they'll, they'll be waiving land tax um, or, or similar surcharges if you're willing to provide rent relief. The next one is payroll tax. Now, this is payroll tax is something that you pay when you've got wages over a certain threshold. Yeah. And for a few years, the states have all been increasing those thresholds. So, five years ago, I think it used to be about half a million dollars of wages paid for people working in New South Wales. Keep that in mind. Mm. And Queensland. And so, they're all different states. Um, so, if you were paying wages to people working in New South Wales over $500,000, then you would owe payroll tax. That threshold's gone up to something like $800,000. Mm. Uh, but really what all the states are doing is saying, we're going to waive what you owe at least for the next few months. Or if you owe us something now, we're going to refund it. So there's a lot of deferrals and waivers there. Check with your relevant state if you are registered for payroll tax or if you are paying payroll tax. But that's kind of niche. That's quite a large business, that one. Payroll tax are dumb. Yeah, it's a frustrating one. Mm. Um, so they're also waiving a lot of fees. So, if you, if you pay a liquor license, um, if you pay some sort of uh, state tax to register your cafe or restaurant or even tradespeople, 
check in on those and just question those before you pay them because there could be some relief there mm. as well, which is good to see. It's more for the struggling industries yep. at the moment. And then just some other ones I picked. I did some research as well for the other states. Um, I know there could be people tuning in from any state. Most of us are probably in New South Wales. New South Wales isn't there because there isn't really anything amazing <laughs> other than the leases and the payroll tax and the waiving of the fees. That's really all New South Wales is doing at this point. And they're trying to increase their spend on maintenance of state housing and things like that. So um, some other interesting stuff was like ACT is offering electricity rebates. Northern Territories, it's got some really interesting grants. So if you're in Northern Territory or... Um, you deliver services that relate to these grants, then this could be something that's really interesting to you. Um, so helping, so they re- they're going to give a grant to businesses that want to set up an online store to pivot to deliver or to pivot to delivery and pick up restaurant services. Uh, I think it's something like ten thousand dollars. That's really good. And to improve your business premises, so if you're going to spend some money on equipment or fit out or physical changes to attract customers, which is an interesting one, given mm. that they're all, all the shops are closing, but mm. I guess maybe it's a good time now to do that work. They're going to give you $10,000. Um, and if you put 10 in as well, they'll give you 20. So some interesting stuff happening there. Mm. Queensland uh, actually have a loan facility and so do Tasmania. Uh, in Queensland, it's up to $250,000. Yeah, which is, which is on top of, I assume, the next slide we're going to talk about the government's loan incentives. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, the federal government loan incentives, I mean. Yeah, so really what we're getting out of here is check with your state um, if there is anything extra. And, and this is a moving piece, this state government incentive. So there could be some really interesting things here. That's something we want to do on the podcast is get mm. uh, someone in around grants because yep. there's going to be some grants pop up which which will be interesting absolutely so uh yeah and even even in western australia if you're paying payroll tax they're just going to give you seventeen and a half thousand dollars that's pretty good hmm cool cool so as i just mentioned um there's also this um sme guarantee scheme which is essentially all around um loans loaning for your business so at the moment, what they've announced is that the government is going to guarantee 50% of all eligible loans to small businesses, which is pretty huge. Um, these loans can be unsecured, meaning you don't need to secure the loan against your assets, which you normally might have to do. So you might have to put up your equity in your house to get some loan, um, whatever assets that you do have. Um, right now, for this, you don't have to. This is purely just to get some working capital into your business, um, which is much probably going to be much needed i mean we have all these other incentives coming up but if you do these forecasts which we mentioned in the first slide um do some forecasts in the future based on the scenarios and you can see a gaping hole in your cash flow well then it might be smart to go look at some of these unsecured loans for a period so these can be lines of credit expanding existing lines of credit and a bunch of other types of um loans uh they're six-month repayment holidays, which means you can take out that loan now and not have to pay anything for six months, which is a big deal. Um, means you get immediate cash now and assuming your business is going to be going well in six months' time, you can start making those repayments. Mm. Um, they're going to be giving exemptions from some responsibility, uh, responsible lending obligations that lenders normally have. So uh, we can, <laughs> I think, you know, sp- speaking to a broker or, or speaking to a bank about... Um, what this would normally involve but you know normally they can't be lending unsecured loans just to everybody um because that's highly risky you know the interest rates and that's going to be pretty high yeah um but at the moment they're exempting lenders from having to follow those guidelines which means more people are going to get loans than usual um also the government's guaranteeing 50 percent, so even more again are going to be getting loans it's going to be much easier to get these lines of credit over the next six months in which you know we've got to say business loans have been non-existent for a while without yeah. security. So this is a good opportunity to hopefully get a good uh, loan facility. Absolutely. So it's going to encourage facilities that can be drawn on only when needed. So rather than just take out a $250,000 loan, it'll be a $250,000 line of credit mm. at which when you need it, you can then draw on it. Yeah. So that's that's quite interesting. Um, there's also an access, access to a range of different um, lenders. They're going to be providing support to a whole bunch of people, not just the big banks. There's going to be all small lenders as well. Um, the criteria is the loans can only be up to three years. So you have to be able to pay it back within three years. Um, the maximum is 250000 that they're going to be guaranteeing half of um your turnover turnover needs to be less than 500 uh, sorry 50 million uh there will still be some credit assessments so they're not just going to give a loan to any willy-nilly that walks in um it's going to be 
um, based on you know your historical information still, based on what they think you're going to be like when things open back up. But yeah, it'll be much easier than it has been. And this starts in early April again and finishes in September. So you need to take out that loan within that period to qualify for this. So go speak to some brokers, go speak to the banks. They're going to give you some more information on it. Yeah, we will be doing something about it on the podcast, no doubt. Mm. But um, we'll be keeping our clients uh, abreast of any opportunities there may be to get a loan to cover off on their cash flow for the next six months. I know I've already spoken to a few people about it. So... Um, that's a really exciting one to me. That's- uh, yeah, I, I really think it's a smart idea that if you feel like there is going to be a significant downturn in your business, but it will pick back up, then it might be smart to go at least start a line of credit that mm. you don't need to draw down on. So there's no interest. There might be an opening fee or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you never draw on it, great. But yeah. if you have to, as long as you're very strict about it, yeah. um, then you're going to be able to then draw on it when you need to. And you have that facility there when you need it. So, right now, you might not need it, but in three months, you might. So, yeah, yeah it's a smart process to go look at it anyway. Don't wait until it's difficult and you need it in a stressed way. So, mm. just maybe start looking into it as soon as you can hmm. um, and accompany this with your cash flow plan yep. as well. So, your cash flow plan will tell you when you might start running out of cash. Absolutely. And this can top you up. So, so yeah, Starlink. the other thing is, so if you're a sole trader or a partnership, you're self-employed and you've drawn out some super or you've um, taken out some one of these small business loans, but things just aren't going your way and you need additional support still, um, they have announced some expanded um, people who are eligible for payments from Service Australia or Centrelink, um, essentially they're adding a supplement of $550 a fortnight for all current eligible payment recipients. Um, But that'll also include all the new eligible recipients. So everyone who's been stood down from a job or lost their job, uh, sole traders and self-appointed whose businesses have been severely affected, this will still be income tested. So whatever the income test rules are for say new start allowance now are probably still going to be there. So that depends on your income. But if you meet the requirement, and you just get a little bit of a payment, you will still get the 550 on top of that. So, um, it's worth looking at if your income has been severely impacted. It sounds like it won't be asset tested though. No asset so, tests for six months. Yeah, so, so that's, that's helpful. Yeah, in six months time, it will be. So, if you've got this great business, great assets, but just for a few months, you know it's no income because it's just dried up, but it will kick back up again, then this is an option for you. Yeah, and so this is a good idea to, mm. if you are unfortunately having to stand down staff members, direct them towards this. Yeah. Um, if you are struggling with income and you're one of those people that are going to miss out on the uh, employee, the cash, the cash boost yep. that we were talking about before with your buzz, this is really what you're going to have to aim for. Yep. This is your best option now if your income is being affected. Yeah, that's right. By the current conditions. Yeah, this and drawing down some income from your super and that kind of stuff are really your options over the next few months. So, looking at this, they're trying to accelerate the claims process. They're waiving wait times. You've all heard the news in the past week though. It's it's been a nightmare down there, but it's just something you're going to have to do. And so, it's all going to happen through MyGov. So, make sure you go to MyGov and it's linked with Centrelink. That's the best way to apply online or tell your staff if they're being stood down that that's what they should do as well. Mm. So, cool. All right. So, that sums up a lot of the information. Yeah, that's right. So, they're basically all of the incentives that have been announced with the summary. We're going to go into some questions in a second to help some um, answer some of these live on here. But uh, places to go, um, obviously, if you're looking for those apprentice things, go to your um, apprentice support network provider. They're going to provide that information. Uh, ATO website has some really great stuff about the super and the cash flow boost. So, go read all that. MyGov is where you need to go to access the super drawdowns. Um, and obviously, your accountant or us, <laughs> yep. send us a question, um, you know, get in touch, get in touch with your accountant. They're going to have this information on hand and be able to help you create a plan to move forward. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you're going to have to be careful of what you do around the cash flow boost and what's normal, what's not normal. There's some yeah. questions there that we're going to, I guess, work our way through over the next few months. But um, definitely around cash flow planning into the future, coming up with whether or not you need to go look for those lines of credit, whether or not you should be accessing your super or Centrelink or whatever it is, um, get in touch. They're going to be able to help you. And of course, the main thing, place that you should go, next slide, Tim. Mm. The podcast. 
<laughs> so if you don't know already, um, some of you might be listening to this who don't know, we have a podcast. We host a weekly podcast called The Two Drunk Accountants. Um, it's found wherever you listen to podcasts. We've been doing it for a couple of years. And basically, it's just giving hints and tips and dispelling some myths around running a small business. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing episodes specifically around things that can help you in this particular time. So we had an economist on a Monday to talk about what the outlook looks like. Um, but coming up, we're going to be talking about, um, we'll probably have uh, Josh Robon, who's been on the podcast before to talk about insolvency, um, trading while insolvent and bankruptcy rules, which have been um, temporarily changed because normally there's some severe penalties if you trade insolvent. But I imagine there's going to be a lot of businesses trading insolvent coming up. So that's something that we want to talk about. Standing down employees, what to do if you're forced to close with your employees, what are the rules around that? So we're going to have some employment experts on to talk about those topics and give you advice. Um, working from home tips, uh, Leon, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you might be on the podcast again helping us talk about what's the best way to work from home in terms of your technology use, your tech stack. Uh, and then tips for how to plan ahead is something that we're going to be talking about, changing your business model, your cash flow forecasting, all that stuff we're going to be talking about on the podcast. So Make sure you find us, subscribe. We're going to be giving a lot of information um, week to week in the coming months. So, yeah, go have a listen to that. Yep. So, let's move on to some questions. If you've got some questions for us, so you can just yeah, stop sharing, I guess, Tim, so we can, yeah, people can see Brilliant. us. We're back. So, if you have some questions for us, send them through now and we'll try and answer as much as we can. We've answered some. We've answered some. Already. So, um, we are recording this. It yep. will be available later. Yeah, that's right. So... Um, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll release a link or something. We'll email it through to everyone who registered. So you don't have to have lodged your 2019 return as long as you've also lodged your BASs. So it just needs to have made taxable supplies and reported that to the ATO in some way in the past year, year or so. So that's either the 2019 tax return or BASs and things that you're lodging. So that's to receive the cash flow boost. Um, and yeah, there was a question around like a, just to say a company with a director or a single employee who's being paid a wage, which is something that we see uh, every now and then, you will, I believe, be eligible for that uh, cash flow boost. Yeah. So yeah. From everything we're reading so far, even if it's just you and you're paying mm. yourself $10,000 a year, I think you would be able to access at least the minimum. The reason for that is just in the way that a company is structured compared to say a trust or a partnership or when I, a company is an actual separate entity to you. So it, pays you a wage so therefore it can claim those cash flow boosts because you've had a business running it has an ABN it's been paying wages and reporting them so um, yeah so you should be included in that cool we've got a question from Janara here uh, which is about the best approach for a director that only accounts for wages at the end of the financial year Janara. yeah that's a tough one and and these are these are some of the questions that we've had so like what you know, is it a scheme to then include what that wage might be in, say, March to improve it? I can't imagine it would be if you would have withheld tax and paid a wage in that way anyway. Um, I imagine if you just did an appropriate amount in March and June compared to what you would have normally done, I would think that would be safe and be fine to do. Um, but again, if you're unsure, get in touch with the ATO. They're going to be able to direct you and point that out. I mean, it's probably good practice to spread it out amongst the year anyway. I know it's a bit harder when people might have drawings that they then declare as a wage at the end of the year to clear that out. Um, yeah, these are all things that there's no specific detail about, but I imagine anything in the usual um, realm that you would have normally done would still be acceptable. Okay, cool. Good answer there, Dan. Yeah. Harry has asked in the accounts... Uh, how do you account for the credits received through the integrated account? Such an accountant's question there from <laughs> it, Harry. I imagine it would be tax-free income. Um, so it would be an income code and then set off against your integrated client account code, your BAS payable. Yeah. Um, What's going to happen is at the end of the year in your tax return, it'll be taken out of in, the income. That's right. So you it'll, won't be paying tax on the cash flow boost that you receive in your BAS. That's yeah. a key point actually. Yeah. We should have noted, but... Yeah, they're not taxable. There's no GST to pay on them. It's yep. literally just um, tax-free top-up. 
for yeah. you. Yeah, so I imagine it it might show there as an a, a other income in your profit and loss Definitely. for your financial statements, which you could put in a separate line to take out of operating profit. Um, but in your tax reconciliation, in your tax return, it gets added back. So it's not included in your taxable income for your tax return. Yeah. If we're talking debits and credits, credit the profit and loss, debit the balance sheet. <laughs> um, all right. So Rebecca's got a question uh, here. What about the government supplement payment um, if you are made redundant and, and paid out? That's a good question. Yeah. I, I discussed that with Centrelink. They're going to be the best people to, to determine that accountants at the best of time have no idea what happens in the Centrelink world just because... Does Centrelink even know? Yeah, they're their own thing. Um, it's hard to keep up, to be honest. So, I would, I'm not sure whether or not your redundancy payment or payout is included. Um, I would assume not. I feel like they're loosening yeah. um, things. So, maybe you won't be able to access the base benefit, Yeah, but you could access the supplement, which is the 550 fortnight at a minimum. But yeah. And again, uh, that's based on an assumption. So, your exactly. best point of contact is, is getting in touch with Centrelink. They have guides on their website, I believe now, updating everybody about who would be eligible and, and who's not eligible. Yeah. Okay. Matt has asked, do we think it's safe to leave cash in the bank? Are the banks safe? <laughs> uh, I feel it's a loaded question. Um, so, yeah. I think so. I, I know, feel confident. Yeah. We, there's no indication we're going into, I think what Matt might be referring to there is going into, say, negative interest rates where um, essentially you start getting charged for keeping cash in your bank instead of earn interest. Um, I, at, at the moment, I don't see a problem. Um, obviously, speaking to an economist or a financial planner or the banks would be the people to determine what's going to happen there. But for the moment, there's been no indication that that's, that's going to be a problem. We had an economist on. He said Australia was in a very strong position. Yeah, he actually um, said the banks were our heroes. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Like a month ago, there's yeah. a lot of hate for the banks. Exactly. Now they're stepping in and helping everyone. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I don't like none of us saw coronavirus coming. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand that question. It's definitely a scary time, but... Um, yeah, I mean, if the mm. banks fail, we've got bigger problems probably than yeah. cash. We'll be trading shells or, or bullets. Mm. Yeah, or both. <laughs> um, so, uh, we have a question. Are there any hard and fast rules surrounding deferral of business loans? For example, is it a straight freeze of a loan for six months? Is the interest still accruing during the time or is it varying bank to bank? I would imagine interest would still accrue. I feel like interest yeah. is go definitely going to accrue on these. I think I saw or I was told, so this is based on, on I haven't seen the evidence myself, but I, I think I was told that the banks have said, we're going to capitalize the interest, which basically just means they're going to charge you, but you don't have to pay it until you start paying the loan in full. So, mm. um, if you have the cash, it still might be better to start paying it down to reduce interest. Um, but that's just part of a bigger cash flow plan for you. So, mm. um, again, more details will come up about this as time goes on. Yeah. And... I think look in the fine print. Um, those government, the state government loans we we're talking about before, mm. do they do say interest free for twelve months or, or three years? Yeah, I again, the Tasmanian one was. Yeah, so. so the state government ones are different to the federal ones. So yeah, you've got to. There's a lot of sources of information yeah. to look at. So your you best bet to speak to for that would be the bank or a broker. But I have seen um, if you go speak to the bank already, they will start to stop your payments immediately. Yeah. So, um, definitely get in touch with your bank if you do have a loan with them mm. and just try it anyway. Uh, Nicole, I don't think I did get your SMSF question. <laughs> we'll have a look at, for the SMSF question in the end. Um, so, another question here. Uh, if you are an owner director and you combine POYG and dividend to yourself each year, can this be put through as POYG this year? So, what, what this question is alluding to is some people might have, say, a wage that they set for themselves, a minimum amount that they pay each week, um, which tax is withheld from. And at the end of the year, they do a distribution of profit. Um, and the question is whether or not instead of doing a dividend, a distribution of profit, what if you include that as a wage this year? This is a really good question and where the line is kind of blurred. Um, the gray area. I, I would assume based on the information that are, is on the way ATO website, this would be a scheme to then increase the amount of benefit you should usually receive. Potentially. So, potentially, this wouldn't be allowed. Um, but this, this we're yet to ones. get some clarity from that. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of those ones we'll be helping clients of ours take to the ATO mm. and ask... Um, is this allowed? ...their opinion on it. Mm. Because um, we want to know as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that feels to me like 
a fair and reasonable thing to do, mm. but it's just whether or not they're willing to allow that. And yeah. when criminal charges and repayments are concerned years down the track, um, yeah, you it's don't want to risk be it. safe and sorry. So, yeah, I, I would suggest um, the first step would be getting in touch with the ATO and figuring out, is this kind of thing within the spirit? Are you allowed to do it or not? Cool. Oh, we're getting a couple more. All right, so we'll wrap these up soon. So if super uh, from Nicole, here's a question. So if super funds have PAGI, uh, which is the installments, PAYGI, are they able to zero them out too or are there some restrictions? Yeah, there's been no discussion around um, super funds, self-managed super funds and, and their obligations. I... <laughs> In the section on the ATO's website that discusses um, zeroing out um, PAYG installments, um, it made no mention of entity type. And so I can imagine if you can do it as an individual, maybe you can do it as a super fund. Yeah, I, I guess you just have to have reason to do that. Hopefully, yeah. your super fund isn't running out of cash flow. Yeah, um, that'd be a problem. So, yeah, if, if you're worried about it, I think it is something you could look further into or again, uh, run by the ATO. They will have an answer in the next few weeks, we hope. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I can't see too many more questions. No. Well, it do keep sending them through though, but we might stop the um, webinar now. So, just to wrap it up, thanks everyone for attending. Uh, we hope you got something out of it. If there are more questions, if you want to run over something with us, please do get in touch with us. We'll be emailing everyone who registered anyway. Um, so, that'll be a chance to reply and start a conversation because yeah. we really do believe in supporting, teaching and growing our community. And these are just unprecedented times. So uh, if there is anything we can do to help you, uh, we'd love to. Yeah, cool. So uh, yeah, get in touch with us, follow the podcast, subscribe to it wherever you listen because yeah, there's going to be some great content there. We're going to stick around and answer any more questions you write through, but we're going to yeah finish up the audio and the, uh, and the video for the moment and write back to your questions through the Q&A section so should we finish it off with the old podcast yeah i think we should finish off with the classic calculator <laughs>